a week ago, the frustration of not getting the three points against Liverpool, it had Reds seeing red. But you force forward a week later, sure, it's a different competition, but Manchester United have righted those wrongs. Righted those wrongs? Made right to those wrongs. Manchester United 3, Liverpool 2. It means Manchester United are now into the fifth round of the FA Cup. And Tom, how good does that feel? Well, it's results like that that get me out of bed on a Monday morning. Albeit it is a tricky one, 4am on a Monday morning. But as you say, you rewind back to when we played Liverpool again in the league the other the other couple of days ago. It feels like um, it was a little bit of an empty feeling. But um, actually putting in a performance like that and knocking them out of the tournament... Um, Yes, it was a pleasure getting up this Monday morning. It was an absolute pleasure. And then I say now to you, welcome to the United Pubcast. And let's rip straight into it. So before we do, actually, I do want to say the amount of positive feedback we have received for the David May podcast has been awesome. So I want to say thank you to everyone who has shared the love. Um, It did really well in terms of our downloads as well. So I'm glad to see that people um, really enjoyed the podcast and uh, again a massive thank you to David May for joining myself and Tom um, it was it was a genuine pleasure and Tom and I think we'll need to get him on again yeah definitely he's a good guy he's happy to chat and I think it's just one of those ones like even it was almost you just learned and I wouldn't say learn things but it's an eye-opener to we all have an opinion but when you, you hear from someone who sort of spoke about during his career he sort of suffered from a lot, a lot of criticism when he arrived at the club and how that sort of did impact on him and his performance and his health sort of thing. So we all have an opinion on it, but to hear from someone who has suffered for it and it's such a sort of relevant topic amongst the United fan base at the moment. Um, look, both of us are very positive on this podcast, but we do criticise players so, and we will continue to criticise players. But it is an eye-opener to sort of how important it is to really take a step back and have a think about what our role as a supporter is. And look, playing for Manchester United does bring its pressures. And with that, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was under pressure in this game, you could say. Um, And and the whole Manchester United squad was. You have to say with the mental pressure of the result a week before. Granted, we were at Old Trafford and it's always on the home side to take the initiative. Tom, the game started a little bit slow, if you like, from a Manchester United perspective. I know that might sound a little bit crazy when you look at the final scoreline. But Liverpool did come out fast and strong and... They had the better of the chances, and they did open the scoring with Mo Salah. Were you happy with Were you happy with Manchester United's approach to the match? Well, I think that's why it might, whether you call it a slow start, I'd say maybe you'd say it wasn't a good start. But I think a lot of that comes from Solskjaer, as you say, you just mentioned the word approach. It was, I think, from the bravery of Solskjaer's approach. So often, whether it be home or away, we go into these big games against the you know, Man City, Arsenal, maybe not Arsenal, but Chelsea, Liverpool, PSG, whoever, and the setup is very sort of visible. We set up, set up whether it be five at the back or two banks of four and really soak up the pressure and counter. I think the reason it almost looked like a bad start this time was I don't think that was the approach at all. I think we were, Solskjaer was very brave and we sort of took the game to Liverpool and what that meant was Liverpool are still a very good team. Liverpool had a bit more space and were able to move the ball and I think that was not down to United being slow. I think United were just quite open in terms of Solskjaer's approach. So... While it was maybe a bit frustrating, I think it was a, a real sign from Solskjaer, a definite another step in that sort of where we look at progression. I think it was another sign of positivity. Oh, 100%. And with beating Klopp, that was the only manager of the so-called top six he hadn't beaten. So wonderful, wonderful feather to add into the hat of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Tom, I want to ask you, let's go straight into the goals. Um, 
as we said, United not off to a great start. Mo Salah, got to say, the finish, very classy chip. But I've seen some mixed criticism on this one. I've seen Luke Shaw's at fault. I've seen Lindelof's at fault. i got to say, from my perspective, I thought the Swede, his body positioning, not fantastic. What did you make of the goal? Well, yeah, look, we'll get into Lindelof and Shaw and who is at fault, I think, which I mentioned with a lot of goals. I think sometimes you do have to go back to and pretend that's a red shirt and Paul Pogba playing that pass. We're saying what a fantastic ball through to Marcus Rashford. We're not, we're not going to argue what the defender's body position was. We're just going to look at a fantastic pass. And I, think, I think it was Roberto Firmino maybe played the ball. And I think you have to take your hats off. It was a brilliant pass. Now, in terms of, yes, we do have to look in our own backyard and... I think it was a weird one because usually it's Harry Maguire on the left-hand side in terms of the way I view things. I think Lindelof's more often on the right, Harry Maguire's more often on the left. Yeah, they rotated throughout the and, game. And, it was quite strange, and I think wasn't that it? Is what, in my opinion, just a first instinct of it, when you see Lindelof's body position, it was almost like he was on the right-hand side. He was just facing the wrong way. And Harry Maguire was facing the right way, but they're on the opposite sides. I'm not saying that was sort of their thinking, but <laughs> literally they just looked like they were out of place. And yeah, Lindelof has gone the wrong way with his body. Sure, yeah, maybe switched off a little bit, but again, um, I look at that, and if that's Paul Pogba or Bruno Fernandes threading that pass through, we're saying what a fantastic ball. So I think there's maybe a little pressure. Scott McTominay could be a little bit closer on the ball carrier to prevent the pass, but um, yeah, if you delay blame on someone, I'd say maybe Victor Lindelof, but as you may, as you just said, good pass, good goal. Um, thank God it didn't come back to bite us. I gotta say, I I hate Mo Salah more than anything. I, he loves a good dive. He should be in the Olympics for diving. But it was a good finish. And then we move on to the second goal, and again Mo Salah with again on the score sheet. Cavani probably the most at fault here. Um, loss of possession. And, and you know, if I look at to the build up of the goal, I can't really fault defenders. Again, I've seen all. Oh, you know, Shaw didn't get to Salah. That's what happens with an overlap. You pull defenders out of position. That's how. That's how good teams score goals. Again, are too critical here, or is it just again a case of United make a mistake and a good side punishes you? Yeah, it's one where we want to find someone to blame, not in a bad way, but okay, we conceded, so there is a mistake somewhere. Where's fans? Or where? Where was the mistake? Yes, Harry Maguire plays the ball to Cavani. Cavani is loose with possession, gives the ball away cheaply. Five seconds later, Liverpool scores, so it goes back to Cavani was at fault. And look, Cavani has been brilliant for us, and I thought he was brilliant again today, but yeah, ultimately, if he takes a little bit more care with that pass, I don't think the goal eventuates. In regards to the defending aspect of it, yes, Cavani can sit there and think, well, I've given the ball away. Okay, surely my midfield and defenders can deal with the situation. Unfortunately, we couldn't. Um... It was just one of those ones that they got numbers in the box, and when when the ball goes into the box, look, that's going to happen. It's, it falls to the foot, to the left foot of Mo Salah. Nine times out of ten, unfortunately, he's going to score. And again, like the first one, sometimes you say, take your hat off and just thank God it didn't come back to bite us. Um, look, not often you're going to concede two goals against a team like Liverpool and win the match. So, um, thank God it happened. Absolutely. Can we start talking about United's goals Please, now? Get into we, it. We've covered that. Oh. All right, I'm excited. Okay, Mason Greenwood. Um, he had a few opportunities to start the game. Um, and i got to say, all right, first of all, the pass from Marcus Rashford. Wowee. And this just shows the development in his game. Marcus Rashford doesn't do that pass three seasons ago. That, that ball was phenomenal. And it just shows, if you want to think back to the back end of last season, there was a criticism and it was of Oli to say, why is Rashford almost taking this playmaker role? And he's gone back to being a more natural goal scorer. 
And I think this is why you saw that game or that side of the game from Rashford last season. He's a more well-rounded footballer. There's a great maturity to his game. The ball from Rashford, absolutely sublime. Mason Greenwood had a few opportunities prior, but he didn't make a mistake with this one. Classy finish. Well, the pass for me, I'm definitely not going to put a damper on the thing. As you say, it was a brilliant ball by Marcus Rashford. It almost summed him up for me, that pass, because when he shapes up to do that pass, I'm thinking... Do not even think about playing that ball. Wrong option. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Now, ultimately, it's a fantastic ball. He gets an inch perfect, like, goes over James Milner's head by about three inches or something. So, ultimately, it was the absolute perfect pass. So, fair play to Rashford. But I think that is one of the ones where it's, say, three inches different, and James Milner heads that ball away, and Marcus Rashford gives away possession cheaply. But in terms of scoring goals, you do have to take risks. It's what we want from Bruno Fernandes, what you want from Paul Pogba. So ultimately, it's what you want from Marcus Rashford in that position as well. And um, yeah, look, I thought Marcus Rashford was extremely good today. Unfortunately, he has gone off with the injury. But yeah, it was, it was a brilliant ball because it must have travelled 50, 60, 70 metres on the fly. And then um, you mentioned with Mason Greenwood on his, look, whether it be his so-called weaker foot or not, it is on his right foot. And it's not an easy one because he has to chest the ball down in the right direction. And... Look, like it or not, we still sit here and love David De Gea and in our minds we still have De Gea as the best goalkeeper in the world. Alisson, at the end of the day, is probably the best goalkeeper in the league at the moment. And look, for a 19-year-old to slot the ball past the best keeper in the league, especially when Greenwood has been out of form in terms of goal scoring, um, I was delighted for him. Yeah, 100%. And look, you can talk about the season Mason Greenwood's having. Uh, it's obviously not as good as last season. Maybe a touch of second-year syndrome. There are sort of factors around that, but I'm happy for the kid. I've seen the excuse, oh, Liverpool had a teenager who was in defence. Yeah, well, the teenager just scored against the Scouts. Well, and I've got to say, uh, yeah, I was just about to mention that. Um, waving for the haters, good for him. Good for him, because he's copped a whole lot of unjustified flack from United fans as well, mind you. Um, so um, I was really pleased to see that. All right, and now talking about the men of the moment, if Marcus Rashford's pass wasn't good enough, almost a similar goal in the respect of counter-attacking, but this was, this is what, the, when you think of Marcus Rashford, this is what you think of. It's back to his debut at Midgeland, getting in behind, and again, the composure, good finish. Maybe a little bit lucky, goalkeeper got a hand to it, but again, a, a, good, a good finish by Marcus Rashford, and it tops off a fantastic performance. Well, you just mentioned there the finish, and Mason Greenwood had a fantastic finish, but this one from Rashford, as you say, it maybe it looks like maybe the goalkeeper could do a little bit better, but I'm telling you, it is such a difficult chance for Rashford, the reason being, and not a criticism of him, but his first touch isn't great, and he's running at such a pace, and his first touch isn't quite perfect, so the ball is bobbling, and the last thing as a striker once bearing down on goal and bearing down on a good goalkeeper like Allison is for the ball to be bobbling. And um, he's done very well to compose himself, take a deep breath, and it's very simple. It makes it look simple, which is a very sort of positive trait to have. Slots at home, and um, his performance definitely deserved a goal. You look at Greenwood with an assist and a goal, and now Rashford's got a goal and an assist. So, um, look, I think we'll hear more about his um, potential injury when Solskjaer has his press, pretty much press, um, press conference, but um, I thought he was fantastic today. Yeah, you got to hope it's nothing serious. So you just shows you the benefit of a rest. Rashford looked sharp today. And, oh, I should say, 25th, 25th highest goal scorer for Manchester United. You know what, Tom, without dwelling on this, could Marcus Rashford break Wayne Rooney's record? Is it, is it beyond the realms of possibility? We've always sat here and we've sort of looked at the player and the quality of the player and said, no, he can't do it. But then you look at Wayne Rooney and you think, 
Well, Bruni scored so many mm. goals for Man United. He's the leading goal scorer, however, he wasn't a goal scorer. And you look when his career finished at United, it wasn't too old. So you look at when Rashford did start. You look at it, and I, th- I have no idea what the numbers are, but what I did see pop up on Twitter, I think Adam McCullough, Adam McCullough tweeted, I think he said he's 171 goals off Wayne Rooney. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but you look at it that and you think, maybe he could do it. Look, quality-wise, I can't see a Marcus Rashford being Manchester United's highest ever goal scorer. But if you start to look at the numbers and his age and sort of the progression he's showing, you think maybe it is a discussion we can be having in four or five years' time that he is closing in on it. And, and look, it'd be fan- look, I love Wayne Rooney. There would be something very special if Marcus Rashford was the, the top goal scorer for United. Yeah, I think for a local United boy to do it, there's always something special about that. And you know I love Wayne Rooney, but yeah, would love to see it. All right, and Tom, we brings you to the free kick. Bruno Fernandes, when you need a winner, you're resting the Portuguese Magnifico, you bring him on, you're like, yeah, no worries, I'll score it. All right, firstly, the finish. To place that ball, it was almost low side net. Like, the accuracy to get get that. Goalkeeper didn't have a hope, but Bruno just doing Bruno things. Seriously, how good is this guy? How good was the goal? Well, look, we can get into his impact and everything surrounding Bruno in a bit, but, yeah, just on the free kick, just on the strike you mentioned, I think there's a little bit of communication in it as well. I think Pogba and Harry Maguire knew what was happening. I think they knew. And it was a tough situation. It was a tight... It was very close to the box, which sometimes makes it hard. The wall was no way 10 yards back. I think it was like six or seven yards away. The wall was extremely close, which I think forced Bruno's hand to take the goalkeeper's side. And I think Maguire and Pogba knew that. And I think the Pogba one, if Pogba doesn't die, if Pogba doesn't duck out of the way, it hits Pogba. So I think good communication and good everyone being on the same wavelength. And as I mentioned with the previous two goals, and this, I, hate, I don't like Alisson, I've got nothing, I've got nothing to praise him for, but he is regarded as the best goalkeeper in the league and fair play. It's another great finish to go to the goalkeeper's side and beat him with a free kick, or whether you want to call it a free kick or a 20-yard penalty, which Klopp would probably um, make the excuse for. But, um, yeah, another, <laughs> yeah. It's just a shame when you see a goal go in like that, like the, the rush we got as fans is amazing. It's just a shame. Potentially, when you look back at Bruno's time at United, it could potentially be his biggest moment in a United shirt, just in an individual moment. It's just a shame that Old Trafford was empty for it. Like, could you, could you imagine that and seventy five thousand United fans in there? Oh, that would be, the scenes would be. Just imagine the Scouser tears. They'd need to get a mop out at Old Trafford in the stand and clean that all up. So, but anyway, nonetheless, I'm sure there were lots of tears at home. Um, in all seriousness, I really do want to say to our UK listeners, do hang in there. I know it's tough, but I'm sure you'll get through it. All right, Tom. Well, we've said our part. What have, what's everyone else got to say? Yeah, we'll go to Facebook comments um, this week. So it'll be interesting the 3-2-1s because we've just had the discussion. And I think I know who you'll go for the three points, but it's not as cut and dry for me. But it'll be interesting to see what everyone has said. Vin has gone Greenwood for three, Rashford for two. And Fred, for one, Fred's a shout for one point. Have the calmness and the authority to Paul and Bruno to move forward and see out the win within the 90 minutes. George has gone three for Rashford, two for Greenwood, and one for Cavani. It was a shame Cavani didn't get that goal. Yeah, and that was a that was a bullet header. Um, Dave Knight has gone three for Rashford, two for Cavani, and one for Bruno. Um, yeah, Bruno, I think, has to be there. I think in regards to, okay, the performance of what play wasn't there from Bruno, but the impact, match-winning goal. Uh, it was fantastic. And just on Dave Knight, he's over in Perth. Um, he's just started a YouTube channel for Man United fans in Australia. So um, stay on top of our Twitter feed and we'll share all his links and his videos and um, something to really get behind. It'll be really good because, yeah, 
we're very proud to be the biggest podcast, biggest Man United podcast in Australia, but it would be good to have a YouTube presence as well. So good luck to Dave with all of that, and hopefully sort of we can help promote and get involved one day. Um, Emma has gone three for Rashford, two for Greeno, uh, for Greener, two for Greenwood, and one for Bruno. And Josh has gone three for Rashford, two Cavani, and one for Bruno as well. And the last comment from Rob was he wasn't given any points today, but has gone Rashford, Cavani, and Bruno all standing out. And just one, one of our listeners, one of our Irish listeners on Twitter, Jamie, sent through as well, three for Rashford, two for Pogba, and he can't split Shaw and Bruno for a point. So um, it's interesting. Look, Rashford's name there is the one that pops out to me. Is he who you were thinking for three points? Oh, look, I think he has to be. But i got to say, um, no one in those comments mentioned Paul Pogba. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I think... I'll mention the same, and they do come in tandem at the moment. Pogba and Bruno, they're just playing well. They're not standing out. They're not... Look, well, Pogba's standing out with a great goal against Fulham. But they're just playing well. Pogba's not overcomplicating things. He's not playing the 70-yard pass when it's not on. He's not trying to dribble past plays in, the, in his own third when it's not on. And I think... That's what Bruno's done the last couple of weeks. They just kept it simple. And when our good players are keeping it simple and just doing the right things, doing the basics well, is fantastic. And as you say, Paul Pogba, if Paul Pogba plays well, he could play for Stoke City and Stoke City will win the game. If you have a player of that ability playing well, you're going to win. And at the moment, Paul Pogba's playing well. That's what Man United do. We just win. Are you saying Stoke City don't have players as good as Paul Pogba? That's outrageous. Right. Scandalous. Charlie Adam, he used to play back in the day. He got a decent left foot. Decent <laughs> a few teeth. I agree with you on Pogba. Um, and I've got to say, Tom, it, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Like, you just look at the way he's playing. You can't imagine just now when he's finally, finally fulfilling the potential that we all thought he could be. It's so frustrating at the thought of him leaving in the summer. Yeah, I've looked... Uh, yeah, I almost don't want to dwell on it because it is a hurdle we're going to cross in a few months' time. But look, you, you see more and more noises come out and you can only form your opinion on what you see. Well, fingers crossed we do win this league. If we do win this league, he stays for me. I think it's a non-argument. I think he would stay. I think United would see the value and sort of up his, up his contract. I'm sure they're going to offer him a new contract anyway. But look, while we had, did sit here weeks ago and say, OK, he's never going to put the red shirt on again, get rid of him. It's never an circus and it will continue, and hopefully it continues in this form where the better the performances are, the more likely he is that he's going to stay. Whether that are positive or negative, who knows, but if it results in us winning a title, it's definitely a positive for me. I'm with you, mate, and I'll take it all day long. And look, if it is, I, I said this on Twitter last week, if it's the last six months of Paul Pogba and a Manchester United shirt, let's just enjoy it, sit back, and hopefully it results in Title 21. Back to the three two ones. Um, with all of that said, yes, I think Marcus Rashford's man of the match. I thought he was fantastic. A goal and an assist. And his all-round performance was unreal. Honestly, I'd give him the three points for the assist for Mason alone. But in all, all in all, I thought he had a really mature performance. Yeah, and I think there's something... And, and we've mentioned this before. Certain players have certain grounds they like to play at or certain teammates they like to play with. I think another thing which is quite often overlooked is the opponent they're up against. I don't think it's so much Marcus Rashford against Alexander-Arnold. I think it's Alexander-Arnold against Rashford. I think that is the problem. I think he's just scared stiff of him. Like, he just doesn't want to think whether he's been hurt at training by him, like he gets embarrassed on England duty or not. I'm not sure, but Alexander-Arnold does not want to play against Man United. 
And um, I think that's down to Marcus Rashford. He's hurt him a few Mate, times. he doesn't want to play against Manchester United because with all due respect, and I swear to you, I'm not saying this because he's a Liverpool player, he's awful at defending. Yeah. Awful at defending. He can't defend. Yeah, no, look, look, well, he's not a defender. I remember his name coming through in the youth teams when we were looking at players like sort of Marcus Rashford, Scott McTominay, Mason Greenwood coming through, Trent Alexander-Arnold was a big player at Liverpool. He was a centre midfielder. He, he wasn't a right back. He got his chance at Liverpool at right back in terms of just the way a debut comes about. Because he's a, look, he's a fantastic footballer, but as you mentioned, part of being a right back is defending. And yeah, Marcus Rashford just highlights every time he comes up against him that defending is sort of not in his vocabulary. He's got a good. He's got a good right foot. Don't get me wrong. Like he, yeah, you, what you're saying is right. He's got ability, but yeah, for me, if that was my right back, like you see the dogs abuse Wan Bissaka gets. Man, I'll take Wan Bissaka over Trent Alexander Arnold every day of the week. But we move on. Um, two points. I'll give you the honors. I think maybe in sort of in the Rashford mold, I'd probably opt for Greenwood. And, and okay, the goal and assist does play a huge part. I thought he was good. And again, I'm not a huge fan of him playing out on the right hand side. But again, I thought almost in the Bruno and Pogba role, he just played well. Just no mistakes. Uh, a few people were a little bit sort of critical of him on that chan- early chance he had where he did a few step-overs and shot wide. I think maybe he could square a pass to someone. But I don't mind that, especially when you sort of he gets the all-important goal later on. I think that he's sort of the shot is justified. So um, I'd say for the impact on the game, the importance of the equaliser, uh, Mason Greenwood's a shout for me. Can I say, the criticism of him, uh, the build-up play that you referred to prior to the goal, yeah, he could have cut in. You know who else could have cut in many times in his career? Ruud van Nisselrooy. You know who else could have cut in and laid off a pass multiple times in his career? Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney and Michael Owen. But you know what those all those players have in common? They're great goal scorers because they're selfish bastards in front of the goal. And when Mason Greenwood has the ability like he showed today, I want him shooting, especially a young kid like that. When things haven't gone for you, take the shot, mate. So credit to Mason. And, they said, and the one point... Well, just on Greenwood, just one last point on Greenwood. They said he's the youngest yeah. player for United to score against Liverpool since Rooney in 2004, maybe. Well, you know what? You want to talk about United players capable of breaking Wayne Rooney's yeah. record. Mason's got the potential for that. All right, Tom, one point. I think we could debate this one. Like you say, when you get a performance like that, there is always those where he's like, yep, good performance. Can I say, again, I can't believe I'm saying this. I thought Luke Shaw played really well today. I don't know if one point worthy, but played well. i, I got to say, I'm really liking his contribution in the final third. Yeah, he's definitely proven. Look, we discussed it on the podcast with David May. I think such a, and taking nothing away from Luke Shaw, but such a massive factor in this, I think, is the arrival of Tellez. Because we've just seen an energy and a sort of a desire from Luke Shaw to do well. And he's always had the desire to do well, but... You can see it as, okay, the ball's in front. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make that happen, which sometimes hasn't happened in the past. And, yeah, I think Luke Shaw, again, um, was fantastic and was the best fullback on the pitch and the narrative. And I think the narrative is quite rightly so for the majority of the time is Robertson and Alexander-Arnold are the best fullbacks in the league. I think Luke Shaw has showed him up in both games against Liverpool that he's better, maybe not better than them, but definitely performing better at the time. So, um, yeah, definite credit for Luke Shaw. But if I'm looking at points... We don't want to be boring about it, but Bruno Fernandes comes on and wins the game. Um, we're just talking about the impact. Um, I can't shy away from that. I, th- I think he has to be it. Yeah, I'm with him, mate. I'm with it. Bruno is the weirdest footballer I've ever seen in my life, and I mean that in the biggest compliment, but I've never seen a player continuously... And look, today he wasn't bad, but 
I just I can't believe a player who regularly doesn't really have a good general all-round game, but just pulls out the assist, pulls out a goal. And he does it week after week after week, game after game. And on top of that, if you recall a week ago, we saw United fans saying Bruno doesn't show up in big games, which was a load of bullshit, by the way. But then he comes on today and he just puts all of them. If there was just one thing that he was lacking, he goes and gets the winner against the Scousers. Not a bad way to shut some people up, eh? Well, I've heard you describe that. That's how you describe my pro club's career. Um, I'm the one who makes the difference. Maybe goes missing here or there at games, maybe out of position a couple of times. But um, when it comes to the crunch, I'm the one who delivers. Isn't that right? Bruno Fernandez defends for like his life depends on it. You, you're next to me at striker in pro clubs. You're a disgrace defensively. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Tom, look, United obviously in this positive run of form, we are happy, but there is a little bit of a well low light for some. In my opinion, it is a bit of a low light. Can we just talk about Jesse Lingard for a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. Oh, look, I think it's a hard one because look, everyone knows the situation surrounding Lingard and. Unfortunately, over the years, he's almost become this meme, which, which I don't like. And obviously, United fans have sort of added fuel to that fire, which I don't like. But, um, yeah, it looks like I haven't seen any real confirmation from the club, but there's this rumour going around that he's been cut from the squad, so he's not actually registered, um, where they've registered Diallo instead, etc. And, um, look, it does look like a few sort of reliable outlets have said that um, both Lingard and the club are happy for him to look for a loan um, in January, which... Look, look, I look at the players we have in our squad now and the situation we find ourselves in. I don't think it's ever a situation where you want to let players go at the moment, especially when it looks like we're not going to be bringing players in, that he's just not getting a game. I think Donny van der Beek's ahead of him, Juan Matt is ahead of him. It looks like Dan James and Diallo will be ahead of him. Um, he's definitely not going to get in over the first-team players like Bruno and Pogba and Scott McTominay. So, um, Look, I, I love Jesse Lingard. Like, he could do whatever he wants to, to me. I'd still love him because he's scored the winner in an FA Cup final. He's banged in the top corner in extra time. Like, he's a hero for me for as long as he lives. I think, though, um, it's best for all parties if his future is away from United and maybe he just needs maybe just a refresher, a, a, loan to the rest, a loan to somewhere, whether that be Sheffield United or Newcastle, just somewhere where he's going to play. And Because, um, look, the last time he played for United was a couple of weeks ago. He was good. I think he got some of our points in the 3-2-1s. Um, I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. It was at the Watford game, I think. So he can still contribute. Yep. And um, just a shame how his career has panned out um, on and off the field. That's through no fault of his own, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's just um, just a disappointing situation. It is. It is. And, and like you say, one of those clubs he is linked with is Sheffield United. And they're next in the league. They're next in the league. And United's run continues. The push to, I dare say, title 21. But look, forget all of that for now. It's just about being in the conversation, and United are definitely doing that at the moment. Tom, do you expect any major changes from Solskjaer? Do you, we saw a bit of a rotated slide today, if you like. Martial didn't feature. Do you expect him to come back in? Or do you think Cavani is pretty much just shown? He's just such a quality number nine. He just has to play. Look, I'll be playing Cavani for this sheer fact that he is that goal threat. Not that Martial and Rashford aren't goal threats, but Cavani is our number nine in whatever game the importance of obviously it's important to score goals you need to win games but we do need to get this game not over and done with but I just want to see goals early I just want to see you know put their foot down and win this game comfortably and obviously I'll take a last minute own goal to win 1-0 of course but you mentioned so I'm definitely playing Cavani just to almost just sort of cross it off and get the job done but in regards to rotation throughout the rest of the side I fully understand the importance of this game and it's almost more important than the Liverpool game I understand how important it is. However, 
it is one game where I would rotate and maybe I'll sort of tie the rotation into this Liverpool game. So Bruno Fernandes was rested for this one. I'll start Bruno against Sheffield United, but maybe I'll be looking at okay, well, Pogba played against Liverpool. Maybe I can drop Pogba out for this one. And Look, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think Van der Beek was, did nothing wrong today, but he wasn't fantastic. But he just threw in your sort of six or seven out of ten performance. Wouldn't be shocked if he got another go. Um, in just terms of the way Solskjaer has spoken about him in his press conferences. I wouldn't be shocked Luke Shaw gets a rest. Um, he's obviously got a big game against Arsenal on the Saturday. So, look, if you can't play Alex Tellez at home to the team coming dead last in the league with only one victory, I'm not sure where you can play him. So I fully understand the importance of this game, but I also look at it and think it's vitally important that Solskjaer does rotate as well. Um, not wholesale changes, but just like today, there was one or two changes. I just think do the opposite. If Bruno was rested today, rest Pogba the next game. If Shaw played, okay, rest Shaw, play Tellez, etc. So... I'd be thinking two or three changes. Yeah, I've got my eye on that Arsenal game. And when I look at Arsenal, I think, what's their greatest threat? And it's pace. So for me, you want Eric Bailly in that match. So I'll be keen to see whether Lindelof or Bailly start this week against Sheffield United. All right, Tom. Well, that was another fantastic podcast done. We're flying through them, aren't we? Just It all blends in. We've been going nearly two years. Well, it goes quick when United are the top of the league. Um, long may it continue. Oh, love it. Love hearing that United top of the league. It's always nice when you can record and with your nose looking down at all the peasants below us. Anyway, sorry, I better not say that because let's be real. Us finishing first, the jury's still out. But again, we will enjoy it. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us, guys. If you're on your favorite iTunes app, whatever it is, make sure you like, share, subscribe. Stay tuned to the podcast. It is the only pub around the world where there is no social distancing. You can come here, you can have a drink, you can listen and interact with us. We love that. Tom, pleasure as always, mate. And uh, we'll chat Thursday, won't we? Thursday afternoon, hopefully a win against Sheffield United and cementing ourselves at the top of the league. Will do, for sure. All right, cheers, mate. Cheers.